0: Welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast, Wisdom's Echo. My name is Derwen So, and this is my thought for the day. Today, I would like to share with you about the way of the tree of life, because this has everything to do with who we are becoming as sons of Yahweh. And so we will divide this podcast into two parts. Um, this will be part one of the way of the tree of life. Now, so far, we've been talking about the provision that lives inside of us. When we stop praying to God to provide for our needs, when we stop asking Yahweh to meet our needs and realize that everything we need has already been put inside of us, then the provision inside of us begins to undock. All it takes is really a mindset shift where we start to take responsibility over the provision that lives inside of us. This provision inside of us is so much more than what we need in the physical world. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is within you, which means that the provision inside of us is the full supply of the Kingdom of Yahweh. That everything that has to do with the Kingdom of Yahweh, every resource that's in the Kingdom of Yahweh lives inside of us. And the Kingdom of, of Yahweh includes eternal life, the most important resource. Therefore, the full supply of eternal life is already inside of us, waiting to be unlocked. And we can access the full supply of eternal life today by learning how to unlock it from within us, right? So that's what we've been talking about so far. However, Yahweh told me recently that the mistake I've been making is that I have been setting eternal life as my main hope and my main goal. So the mistake I've been making is that I have set as my main hope to having to have eternal life in the future. And so this triggered me quite a bit Right? I don't know if it would trigger you but it triggered me quite a bit in fact it made me go all religious on Yahweh I mean uh, it, okay isn't my question to Yahweh is isn't eternal life the primary hope of our faith like didn't Jesus Christ die on the cross for us so that we can have eternal life um and and that has always been my central focus right but honestly it seemed like I was trying to help God become a better Christian maybe he didn't doesn't know what the doctrine is all about you know so I've been trying to help God But of course, we all know that I am the one that's being ignorant here and so Yahweh had a good laugh about that. But but after he laughed about it, Yahweh then responded to my questions with this. Yahweh said, If eternal life is supposed to be your reality today, then it cannot be your hope because hope that is seen is not hope at all. Hope that is seen is not hope at all. So this means that the hope that Yahweh has placed before us or that the hope that Yahweh has intended for us to have is not just eternal life. It is so much more than just living forever. So guys, that's that's kind of the question I've been wondering. So how does that work? So I began to wonder what is this hope that is greater than eternal life? What what is he talking about? Right? So what better place to start looking than in Romans chapter 8? Because Romans chapter 8 is the passage from which Yahweh lifted the phrase Hope that is seen is not hope at all. This this phrase is found in Romans chapter eight, so maybe that's a good starting point to kind of find out what Yahweh's been talking about, saying that there is a greater hope than eternal life. So let's start there. All right, in in Romans chapter eight, starting from verse eighteen, it says, "For I consider," Paul saying, "For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed inside of us." So the glory which shall be revealed inside of us is an important concept. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealings of the sons of God. For creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So this scripture is quoted often right and rightfully so it is a very important scripture especially with regards to the revealing of the sons of god and how it ties into creation itself right and and this 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 passage is talking about how there is something that's within us waiting to be revealed not only are we hoping for the revelation of what's inside us but creation is also hoping for this as well right so what is creation hoping for Creation is hoping to be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. This means that the glory that is to be revealed inside of us is what causes creation to be delivered from corruption into incorruption. That's the function of the glory that is to be revealed inside us. The hope that creation carries right, is to, is to participate in the glory that's inside of us so that they can be delivered from corruption into incorruption. And so the question is, what is the glory that is to be revealed inside of us? What does glory even mean? What is the substance of glory that is talking about here? Because there can be many definitions for glory and and we want to understand the intention of 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 what Paul is talking about in this passage, right? So I believe part of the answer to this question, what even is glory? Can be found in Romans chapter four, right? In Romans chapter four, verse sixteen, it says that the promise was given to those who are of the faith of Abraham. So now that now in Romans chapter four, we are talking about Abraham's um, seed line, right? Promise is give. The promise was given to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father to many nations. This is Yahweh talking to Abraham. I have made you a father to many nations. In so, this is a this is difficult to read out, but but let me just get rid of the parentheses. So Abraham, who is the father of us all, in the presence of him who belie- who he be- whom he believed, God, and then it starts to describe God, right? The nature and the essence of God. It says, in the presence of him who belie- who he believed, God who gives life to the dead and call things which do not exist as though they did. God who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they did. God who gives life to the dead. So this description of Yahweh is one of the most accurate descriptions. It is is describing the nature and essence of who God is. That His ability, God's glory, right? God's main ability is that He is able to give life to the dead god is a life-giving spirit that that's he that's who he is that's his main function that's the main thing that defines him and separates him above everything else he is a life-giving spirit and so not only did he give abraham life right in order to have isaac not only did he give abraham life he gave abraham the ability to give life yahweh said to abraham i have made you a father to many nations so he can only be a father if he was able to give life and Abraham did receive this ability to give life, so much so that even after Isaac was born, he would still continue to have other children. So Abraham in the physical realm became a life-giving spirit, which of course is a manifestation of what Yahweh did to his body in the spirit, right? But but that's the whole point. He not only gave Abraham life, he caused Abraham to become a life-giving spirit. And so if we are sons of Yahweh and our father is a life-giving spirit, Then we are supposed to be like our Father. That is our glory, because the glory of the Father is that He is a life-giving Spirit. So so our glory, the the thing that's meant to be revealed inside of us is that we are going to become life-giving spirits. This whole idea that we are going to become life-giving spirits uh, It can also be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uses the same language that we have been using In verse 45 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being Right, the first man The last man, Jesus Christ, Yeshua himself The last Adam became a life-giving spirit However, the spiritual is not first but the natural And afterward the spiritual The first man was of the earth and made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. So as the man of dust is, so are those who are made of dust. As the heavenly man is, so are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. So what is First Corinthians 15 saying? The first Adam, the man of dust, is a living spirit. The, step, the last Adam, the Lord from heaven, is a life-giving spirit. So when it says in 1 Corinthians 15, as we have borne the image of the man of dust, which is a living being, so we have born the image of a living being, so we, shall also, we will also bear, we will bear the image of the heavenly man, which is a life-giving spirit, which means we will become a life-giving spirit. We will, we will bear the image of a life-giving spirit. We will become the image of the heavenly man. So we are not just supposed to be a living being, which a a being that has eternal life is a living being. We are not just supposed to be a living being. We are supposed to become a life-giving spirit. So Yeshua was the first of us to become a life-giving spirit, right? In John chapter 5, he said that as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whomever he will. He is a life-giving spirit. He is like his father. That is why he is the son. He's the son of, his, of the Father because he is like the Father. Therefore, as sons of Yahweh, we are supposed to be like Jesus, like the Son, a life-giving spirit. That's why Christ in you is the hope of glory. We are supposed to be like the Son. So let's go back to, to Romans chapter 8. Now that we know that we are so not just supposed to have eternal life, we are supposed to be a life-giving spirit. Right? In Romans chapter 8, it says that creation is waiting for us to become a life-giving spirit. That, that is the glory that's waiting to be revealed inside of us, becoming like our Father, right? And our mandate as life-givers is to set creation free from their bondage to corruption. Yahweh subjected creation to futility in this hope, which means that God's hope for us is to become a life-giving Spirit. That is God's hope. God's hope for us is to become a life-giving Spirit. And if you read from verse 22 onwards of Romans chapter 8, it says that, all creation is groaning and laboring for this. Not only that, so all creation is groaning and laboring that the glory of being a life-giving spirit will be revealed from inside of us, but not only that, if you, that we ourselves are groaning for it, for our adoption and the redemption of our bodies, which yes, it, this, this means that our physical bodies is the conduit for us to give life. Then it also says that the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered according to the will of God. And then it says that Christ himself makes intercession for us. So this is how important it is for us to become life-giving spirits. Let me summarize Romans chapter 8 in a nutshell. Basically, all creation is groaning for it. We are groaning for it. The Holy Spirit is interceding for it. Jesus is interceding for it. And God is hoping for it. Wait, wait, that's everyone. That's everyone. Everyone is looking at us looking at how uh, who we are going to become, how we are going to become a life-giving spirit. Everyone is doing whatever they can for us to become a life-giving spirit. This is how important it is for us that we have to become and we have to learn how to become a life-giving spirit. So our process into maturity, therefore, is to learn how to steward eternal life and to govern it. Because Yahweh's entire kingdom is founded on the way that He gives life, the whole structure of His throne, the whole purpose of of Him having the seven spirits of Yahweh, having 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 the four living creatures, the the elders, the living letters, all this all this was was meant for Yahweh to give life and for that life to prosper, right? Which means that there is incredible wisdom, understanding, counsel, might knowledge and fear of the Lord that goes into stewarding eternal life. That's why we are tutored by the seven spirits. That's why we have to engage the living letters is to to understand how to steward eternal life. That's why Yahweh teaches uh, teaches us about himself. Yahweh will teach us about himself so that we can learn to become like him who is a life-giving spirit. Our role and our glory is to become like our Father in heaven, a life-giving spirit. So the question is, is, how do we how do we store eternal life? And that's what we will talk about And, and to talk about that, that's why we, uh, we are going to talk about the way of the tree of life Because the way of the tree of life has to do with this process So let's go back to the, the book of Genesis Why is the tree of life even involved, right? If we go back to the book of Genesis In the beginning, Yahweh spoke And behold, there were plants and animals, elephants, rhinoceroses, everything, right? Uh, all the animals and plants were, were birthed and lived Because of Yahweh's voice And so he speaks And a squirrel just comes to existence Like that's, that's what he has to do For something to live So the question is Why did he breathe into Adam? Why did he breathe into Adam? Because if he wanted Adam to live He could have just spoken it into existence Right? Everything is framed And lives And have its being out of the word of God Right? So let, or let's phrase this question a bit differently What happened to Adam when he ate from the tree of life. See, the purpose of eating from the tree of life was not just so that anything could live. Like, that's not the, the main purpose because God already could cause things to live just by speaking. So the purpose of eating from of, of the tree of, the, of life, right? The purpose of eating from the tree of life is not just to live. The purpose of eating from the tree of life is to become like it, having the ability to give life. Therefore, the way of the tree of life plays a big role in our process of learning how to steward eternal life because ultimately we are going to become life-giving spirits. And so we will discuss this more in a later episode. Hope you had a good time listening to this. Have a wonderful day.